you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. this morning. There's one that has gone before you that's put his feet everywhere that your feet have stepped. He's gone through everything that you could go through, so you ought to give him praise because it's a testimony that you can make it through this morning. Come on, somebody lift your voice right now. Just cry out to the Lord and give him thanks and praise and adoration. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. I said, I feel the presence of the Lord in this house today. Thank you for your worship. I'm sure that the Lord has met us here. And some of us could say that uh, if service was over right now, we could go home feeling like we have come in contact with the Lord. But I do believe that God has a word for us today. How many believe that? I believe that God has a word for somebody in this house today. If you would grab your Bibles and we'll draw your attention to Exodus chapter 12. But I, I want to challenge us today to make some real decisions in this place, to make the tough decision to leave some things behind and to go where God wants to take us. I, I believe that for everyone here, God does have an expected end. There is a purpose to every life. There is a purpose to everything that we walk through. God has not brought you to this church just to be part of a social club. He has not brought you to this church just to be part of what I believe is the best church. I said what I believe is the best church. I didn't say perfect. I didn't say that we got everything together, but I do believe that we have the best church. And I believe that we have the best pastor. If you believe that, why don't you shout? But I do believe that there is a destiny for us. There is a purpose that God has planned for you. And I want to challenge us this morning... As I preach, I want to challenge us to reach for what God has for you today. Because I don't believe that it's just by coincidence that we are here. I don't believe it's coincidence that you are here, but God has ordained this moment. God has ordained this service for you. So I want you to reach out and to grab what God has for you. 
I'll take your attention to Exodus chapter 12, verse number 31. Then we'll skip over to Exodus 16 and verse 3. I want to preface that it is hard to imagine that these two verses are speaking about the same group of people. And we'll take a look at that. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 31. The Bible says, And he, he being Pharaoh, called Moses and Aaron by night. And he said to them, Rise up and get ye forth from among my people. He said, I want you to rise and I want you to get out of here. Both ye and the children of Israel and go and serve the Lord as ye have said. Exodus 16 and verse 3, the word of the Lord says, And the children of Israel said unto them, said unto Moses and to Aaron, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. What a stark contrast to what we just read. They now find themselves wandering in the wilderness and many Many things were not going as they had expected them to go. And they said, we would to God that we would have died, that you would have just let us stay in the land of Egypt under the hand of Pharaoh. Then they go on to say, when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought, for, brought, ye, ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. In our text, we see the children of Israel going from one extreme to another. From rejoicing that they were going to leave the Egyptian captivity, now they longed for that captivity. In Exodus 12 and 31, we read of a great moment of great victory. The children of Israel had been in captivity for over 400 years and now they have received the freedom that they had so desired. But in chapter 16, it shows us that they have a completely different mindset. So I wonder, before you're seated today, how do you go from complete elation at being set free from what had you bound for so long to just a few short chapters later saying you should have left us like we were where we were? In this passage we often celebrate Moses standing before Pharaoh when he says after all the plagues had come upon Egypt, when he says for the last time, Pharaoh, let my people go. We celebrate that and we preach about it. And we hear many messages about this declaration of Moses. But I would like to submit for your consideration this morning that that is not where the battle lies. But rather, I've come to preach that story to you from a different Angle, and I want to preach to you, let Pharaoh go. Let Pharaoh go. Would you put your Bibles down and would you lift your hands to heaven right now? 
And would you ask the Lord to help us in this place? I believe that God's got a word for somebody. I believe that God's going to speak into somebody's life. We just got to let some things go this morning. Come on, lift your voice and ask God help us to let it go. God, we need your help right now. We need your anointing to fall upon us. Let your anointing fall upon me. Let your anointing fall upon the congregation. Open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to understand what you want to say to your people this morning. And we will ever give you glory and honor and praise because you are a great God and you are worthy of all praise. Now somebody clap your hands and give God glory. Give him praise, give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. Today, in our walk with God, we often find ourselves surrounded by so many strange influences. There are so many voices that seek and desire to influence us as to how we are to live our lives and what our priorities should be. Can I get an amen? And as people of God, as children of God, we've always been pilgrims and strangers traveling through a weary and a strange land. Every strange land, though, I want to tell you, has its own value system. And every strange land has its own definition of what success is. And every strange land has its own criteria as to what should be the priorities in your life. Every strange land has a criteria that tells us what constitutes success and it's what constitutes failures. And so we find ourselves today living in such a land. We find ourselves in this world, trying to be in this world, but not of this world. We are trying to find a way to be in this world, but not love this world, neither the things that are in this world. Because the Bible lets us to know that we cannot love both. Matthew 6 and 24 tells us that you cannot serve two masters. Because if you are serving two masters, then you're not really serving a master at all. But you become double-minded and a double-minded man who is unstable in all your ways. Perhaps this is the root of the instability and the uncertainty that we find not only in our nation, but in the world that we are living in. We find ourselves living with the challenge of trying to be the people of God in a world that has no stability and that is full of uncertainty. But I've come to preach to you today that if you and I are ever going to meet the challenge of being what God has called us to be in this world, then there are some things that you're going to have to let go of. There are some things that you're going to have to take off. There's some things that you're going to have to turn away from. And there are some things that you're going to have to lay down once and for all. The day after Christmas and I coming from this few-week period of terribly cold weather, anybody think it feels like spring outside? Anybody happy about that? 
I walked out of the church yesterday, and I, and I, I almost guarantee you a mosquito flew in my ear. And what would annoy me before, I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Love that. But the day after Christmas, my family and I got on an airplane, mm, I feel the Holy Ghost, and left the frozen tundra of Indiana for warm and sunny San Antonio, Texas. I knew that as I was preparing to go that I didn't need to pack like I was staying in Indiana. And so I knew it was cold when I was going to leave, and I knew it was going to be chilly here, and I thought about wearing a jacket, but I decided, you know what? I'm just going to wear a long sleeve shirt. I'm going to wear a vest over my shirt, and I'm going to just brave the cold for a few moments until I get on that plane, and I land where it's warm and sunny, and the land flows with milk and honey. I knew the weather was going to be drastically different there than it was going to be here. And although it was in the 30s here, I chose to dress light because I knew where I was going. It was going to be in the 70s. And I, I, I had got, I, I'd got off the plane wearing, uh, had I got off the plane in San Antonio wearing a, a heavy winter parka when I arrived there, not only would I have sweated to death, but I would have looked totally out of place for the environment that I was in. People would have thought I was crazy had I, I worn the clothes that I would have worn had it still been 30 degrees where I was going. But the problem would have been that I would have been dressed for where I had been and not where for I was currently. I would have been dressed for where I had been, not for where I found myself. Listen to me so many times. We do this in our spiritual walk with God. I'm dressed for what for where I was and not for where I am. I am equipped. I find myself equipped for where I was, but not where I am now. I think like who I was, but not who I am now. And I find myself in a situation that I might, I might have needed all these layers before. It might have been necessary in the environment for where I used to be. Every layer might have served a purpose for where I used to be, but God is trying to take me somewhere new. Hear me today. God is trying to take you somewhere you have never been before and you've got to have the courage to stand up and say I might have needed that yesterday but I don't need it today I might have needed that layer where I used to be but God is taking me to a new place I hope and I pray in the Holy Ghost that God will give us courage to remove the layers that we no longer need God has been doing incredible things in our midst. He has been, he's been doing incredible things in this church. We just come through the awakening and we saw God move in a mighty way. God is using us in a mighty way and in a powerful way in our city and in our region. There are numerous Bible studies that are being taught every week here at the church. You can come here just about any night of the week and there may be a Bible study that is being taught here 
when you drive in the parking lot. People are being drawn to this church on a weekly basis. There is rarely, thank God, a week that goes by when someone isn't filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and someone isn't baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. And we rejoice over that. And we thank God for what he's doing. But God sent me here this morning to challenge every one of us that now he is trying to take you somewhere that you have never been before. He didn't call you just to be part of a church and that's all that he has for you. But God has a purpose and a plan for every one of us that goes beyond the four walls of a building. And I would to God that God would give us a holy courage, that a holy courage would sweep into this place today through this place and get a hold of us and and let us to know that God is not through with us yet, that God is trying to take us to a different place, that God is desiring that you and I will be what he called us to be. I might have failures in my yesterdays. I might be disqualified. I might be disqualified many times over, but God still has. I said God still has. God still has a plan and a purpose for my life. though with never taking those layers off is that you can never get comfortable in your new place when I walked outside of the airport in San Antonio I had to remove the vest that I was wearing because I was in a different place I was in a different place than I was when I put that vest on but I had decided Had I decided that the vest was really comfortable and I wanted to wear it regardless of what the temperature was because I'm used to it and I can make it fit into this new environment. If I had decided that for some reason, I was going, I was not going to remove those layers, then eventually I would have become so uncomfortable where I was that I would no longer want, I would, I would now long to go back to where I used to be. I'm preaching to somebody today. It would not have taken long before I thought that this doesn't feel right. Let me go back to where I belong, back to where I'm comfortable because I'm not comfortable in this new place. There are people that are here today that you feel the hand of God on your life, and there is no doubt about it. You feel the call of God on your life. You know that there is something that God is wanting you to do. You know that there is something that God is wanting you to be but hear me unless you and I are willing to surrender ourselves completely to the will and the purpose of God unless we are willing to release every hidden layer every hidden mask where God is trying to take us we will be so uncomfortable in that new place that God is trying to take us if we take what we have today to try to take it in a new place we'll find ourselves so uncomfortable and we'll find ourselves longing to go back to where we came from. I feel, I feel though that we, not, we might not truly understand what 
deliverance really is. Because we talk about that God delivered me from this and God delivered me from addiction and God delivered me from my own, my old lifestyle. But I fear that we don't truly understand what deliverance is. When we talk about deliverance, we talk about the things that we used to do. I used to do this, but I don't do it anymore because I've been delivered. I used to go there, but I don't go there anymore because I've been delivered. I used to be that, but I'm not that anymore because I've been delivered. But by definition, to deliver is to bring or to transport a thing to its proper place. That is what deliverance really is. You see, when a package is marked and designated for delivery to a specific place, it doesn't, it's not delivered just because it has been picked up from where it used to be. But it's only delivered when it is packed up from where it was picked up from where it used to be. And it's transported or deposited to not just a random location, but it's in it's deposited at its intended destination. Deliverance is, where, is what you are picked up from, where you used to be, not what you left and not just left you at a random place. You are not delivered until you're at the place that God has called you to be. You're not delivered until you are walking in the dimension God has for you to walk in. You don't just need to be freed from what I used to be. I don't want to be changed, but God... God is not just in the changing business, but God is in the transforming business. God is not just concerned with what you become as he is what you used to be. God, don't take your hand off my life until I am the man, the woman, the boy or girl that you have called me to be. Until I am walking in my full purpose. Until I am walking in my full destiny. Because until I am then I haven't truly been delivered. It's more. It's more than just leaving where I used to be and trying to be someone different. But it's not a deliverance until I am right where God has planned for me to be. I am not delivered until I'm walking in my purpose and in my destiny that God has called me to walk in. I would to God someone would grab a hold of what I'm preaching. It is possible to be like the children of Israel and to be freed from Egypt, but wandering aimlessly year after year after year in the same wilderness. It's possible to be walking around year after year after year in the same old situation, never reaching your destination, never reaching your purpose, never being what God has called you to be. Yeah, you may be different than you used to be, but you're not walking in your full purpose and in the destination that God has planned for your life. You can come to church week after week and service after service. You can get the routine down and be faithful to it, but that is 
not what, that is not the will and the plan for God in your life. At this time, God is calling his people into purpose. At this time, God's calling his people to walk in apostolic dominion and in apostolic authority. In this time, God is calling his people to go higher. I feel purpose in this house. I feel faith rising in this house. And I feel God saying, I want you to do something. I want to do something in you and through you that will blow your mind. I want to fill somebody today with the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you will just get in the flow and if you will just surrender yourself to me. He's saying if you, if you will just say, God, I am here with all my faults because we all have them. I'm here, God, with all my failures because we all have them. I'm here with all of my weakness, with all my shortcomings. God, I lay myself on the altar and I submit to your will and your plan and your purpose for my life. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but God has a word for you. That if you'll just submit yourself, if you'll just lay yourself down on the altar, that same thing that you've been struggling with all these years will suddenly go away. And you will no longer hunger for it. You'll no longer desire to go back to it. But if you'll just take that layer off and you will lay it down on the altar and say, God, I'm tired of carrying this around. I've carried it for way too long. And God, I'm submitting myself. I'm laying myself down because, God, I want your will and your plan and your purpose for my life to come to pass. In our text, we read about the children of Israel of how they had great deliverance one day and seemingly the next day they wanted to go back to their captivity. They found themselves tempted with bondage and slavery once again. Why? Because it's easy for us when we read this story to say, why in the world would they want to go back? Why, why in the world would they find themselves in such a place? Why would they want to go back to that lifestyle? But it's easy for us to forget the humanity of the characters that we read about in Scripture and in Bible stories. Sometimes we read these stories just as a story and not as a people story or not at, from a person's perspective. And truth be told, many of the things we find hard to believe in Bible stories are nothing more than just human reactions to human situations. Why we ask ourselves here today, why could they possibly want to go back to Egypt? The reality is that you and I, if we are willing to be honest with ourselves, we often find ourselves facing the same internal struggle so many times in our lives. How could they ever want to go back? Why would they want to go back to a hard taskmaster? Why would they long to put themselves back into a horrible situation? But when we talk about the children of Israel and we talk about Pharaoh, I believe 
that many times we focus on the wrong thing. We read this passage of Scripture and we focus how Moses had a burning bush experience and he finds himself standing before Pharaoh through the plagues going time and time again where he would stand up and say, Pharaoh, God said, let my people go. We focus on the declaration of Moses and we focus on the fact that God had sent him to lead his people out of captivity and out of bondage. We celebrate the let my people go. But the fact of the matter was that Pharaoh absolutely had no choice but to let the people go. When God spoke it, it didn't matter what it was going to take for him to finally do it, or it didn't matter what it was going to take for it to finally come to pass, because when God said it, it was established, it was going to happen. The great challenge was not whether Pharaoh was actually going to let them go. Pharaoh had no recourse. Pharaoh had no option. When God said it, it was going to happen. When God said it was going to happen, it was going to happen. The fact that Pharaoh was going to let the people go was really never in question. But the matter that was in question was whether or not the people would be able to let Pharaoh go. Whether or not the people would be able to walk away from Pharaoh and leave him behind. We ask ourselves, why were they bound in Egypt? Egypt wasn't a, a pleasant place at all. It was a place of slavery. It was a place of pain. It was a place where they saw the death of their sons because of the decree of Pharaoh. It was a place of unspeakable horror. Why were they bound in such a place? Why did they find themselves longing to go back to Egypt? I want to bring two reasons for you to consider this morning. Number one was that Pharaoh provided something in Egypt that was legitimately enjoyable and it was legitimately needed. Pharaoh gave them food and water to sustain them. He didn't do it because he loved them. He didn't do it because he cared for them. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't necessarily, necessarily the best food and the best water. He gave it to them, though, because he needed them to be strong enough to carry out the work that he required of them. But at the end of the day, he gave them something that they really did enjoy and something that they really did need to survive. Listen to me this morning. That will be the hook that the enemy will use every time to try to pull you back to where you came from. He will use that as a hook to try you to draw you back into Egypt and draw you back into slavery. The enemy will always provide some things in Egypt that all enjoyable. He will always provide you some things in Egypt that you really 
do need. And he won't do it because he loves you and he wants the best for you. But he needs for there to be a hook in your life that every time that you try to walk away, because that every time that you try to be what God has called you to be, he wants something that he can use to pull you back and to take you back to where God is trying to to take you from. At least when I was in Egypt, I wasn't alone. I had those people. I had this thing, and I had that thing. At least when I was in Egypt, I had a roof over my head and a pillow to lay on. He will put things in your life that he'll use as a hook in order to pull you back time after time, but after time, after time. But you have to be wise enough, and you've got to be smart enough to remember what Egypt Egypt was really like. It was not a place flowing with milk and honey. Yes, I had a little bit of stale bread. Yes, I had a little bit of water to drink, but I had all those sleepless nights. I regularly cried myself to sleep night after night. I was in a place of pain. It was a place of discouragement. It was a place, hear me somebody, it was a place of disappointment. I was suicidal when I was in the land of Egypt. Yes, I had bread and water, but that's not worth going back to Egypt for. God has called me somewhere higher. God has called me to be in freedom. God has called me to my purpose, and I refuse to go back to where I used to be. <laughs> no, misunderstand me. No, they were not wanting to go back to the daily beating. No, they weren't wanting to go back to the back-breaking work. They weren't longing for the pain and the death. But going back to the food and, and the water would have meant going back to all those things. Going back to the beating. Going back to the work. Going back to the memory of how they even got there in the first place. Listen, you cannot allow the enemy to remind you what Egypt was because he will sugarcoat it every time and try to paint a picture that is something of something that was never that way in the first place. He will only remind you of the things that weren't so bad that if I had to, I could do that again. If I had to, I could be in that place again. He will try to paint you a picture and remind you of those things that he wants to use as a hook in your life. But you've got to remind yourself every day of what Egypt was really like. The times that you lay awake crying and begging that God would deliver you from this unbearable place. you got to wake up in the morning and dust yourself off every day and remind yourself where God really brought you from. He brought you out of, uh, uh, he brought you out of darkness, but he brought you into this marvelous light. He brought you out of a life of despair, out of a pit of sin, but he set your feet on a rock to stand. Don't go back to Egypt. I'm hurrying this morning. Second reason I'd like to give you for consideration is that there is something in our human makeup or even an uncomfortable place can eventually become your comfort zone. 
when you walked away from God and started living your own way, when you were uncomfortable doing those things and going to that place, but you kept going, and then eventually that become a comfort zone of yours. You never, you never thought of it that way. As a, as you never thought of it again as an uncomfortable place, but it was a place where you found comfort. If you try, even an undeniably uncomfortable place can become your comfort zone, a place of pain, a, pay, a place of hurt, a place of confusion, a place. Of, an, of uncertainty can become comfortable to us. But I keep hearing the word of the Lord and I keep hearing the Spirit saying, God is calling somebody today in this house to rise up and to say, God is trying to take me to a place of promise. God is trying to take me to a place of purpose. God is trying to take me to a place of destiny. And I refuse to allow myself to stay where I have been. I refuse to allow myself to go back to what is comfortable. I refuse to allow myself to go back to what I've always known. If God wants to take me somewhere new, somewhere higher than I've got, than I've ever been before, then I've, I am ready to go. I'm ready to lay all those layers to the side. I'm ready to put those things to the side and go where God is calling me to go. Perhaps one of the Things that qualified Moses to lead the children of Israel out in the first place was because that many years earlier, Moses too walked away from Pharaoh. He didn't walk away, don't misunderstand me, he didn't walk away from the stale bread and the nasty water, but Moses walked away from Pharaoh's palace. He was called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was living in the finest house with all the comforts that Egypt had to offer. But there was something yet on the inside of Moses that said, it doesn't matter what Pharaoh has given me. It doesn't matter that he has given me the finest things that he can offer. It doesn't matter that I'm living off the very best of the land of Egypt. But when it comes time to make a decision, Moses said, I refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but rather I will stand with the people of God. So you have the chance children of Israel who can't walk away from all the things that Egypt offered them and had given them, which was a little bit of stale bread and a little bit of water. But here we find Moses saying even the finest things in Egypt were not enough to keep me from being what God has called me to be. I wish that somebody would get courage in this house today. I wish the spirit of Moses would get a hold of us this morning. You can offer me this world, but I know who I am. I'm a child of the living God. God has a purpose and a plan for my life, and it is not in Egypt. <laughs> we find ourselves reading through Exodus that even after Pharaoh was killed. Even after the children of Israel saw Pharaoh 
drown with all of his armies. They knew he was dead. Yet even after that, the Bible records them as saying that Moses should have left them in Egypt and with Pharaoh. Even after the death of this taskmaster, they longed to go back to where they had been. They no longer, they were no longer chained by Pharaoh, but rather they were still chained to Pharaoh. What I'm preaching to you this morning is that God will take care of the first part. That is what salvation is really all about. God will make sure that you are no longer chained by Pharaoh. God will make sure that Pharaoh no longer has control over your life. But listen to me, it is up to you and it's up to me to determine whether or not we're going to be chained to Pharaoh. That is your responsibility. That is my responsibility. You and I have to put on some things. You and I have to take off some things. You and I have to put away the childish things and take on the whole armor of God. That is our responsibility. It's no longer Pharaoh letting my people go, but now it's my people. Let Pharaoh go. Let him go. Listen to me. God can absolutely destroy the enemy's hold on your life. But if you won't let him go, you won't walk in purpose. If you won't let him go, you will not walk in the plan of God for your life. If you won't let him go, you will never walk in passion. If you won't let him go, you will never be what God has called you to be. You'll never walk in salvation like God has called you to walk in if you don't let Pharaoh go. For all of us here, God has already made the declaration, Pharaoh, let my people go. That was the ultimate declaration of Calvary. It is done. The power of Pharaoh has been broken. Pharaoh does not have power to keep you enslaved in Egypt. No matter how hard he tries to convince you that he does, he no longer has the power to keep you enslaved in Egypt. Pharaoh does not have the power to keep you wandering in the wilderness. Pharaoh does not have the power to keep you from being what God has called you to be and doing what God has called you to do. The power of Pharaoh has been broken. So whenever you and I find ourselves stuck in Egypt, whenever you and I find ourselves wandering in the wilderness, it's more often than not has more to do with us than it does with Pharaoh. When we are wandering, wandering around and thinking, why am I not walking in purpose? Why am I not walking in passion? Why am I not serving God with passion? Why is church attendance no longer a priority in my life? Why do I have such a problem when pastor tells me how I need to live? Why do I have such a problem with 
doing what, what he is telling me to do. It's because we've still got a hold of Pharaoh and we've refused to let him go. But this morning, somebody needs to stand up and take those chains off and take those layers off and say, no more am I going to be chained to Pharaoh, but I'm severing that tie today. I'm putting away those things today. I'm not going back to my yesterday, but I am walking in the purpose and the plan that God has for me. Stand with me. I'm closing. come to talk to somebody in this house. I've come to preach to somebody in this house this morning. God has begun a great work in so many lives in this building. I look across this building and I see people that were, weren't sitting here six months ago. I look across this building during a worship service and I see some of you worshiping in a way that you wouldn't worship. You wouldn't have worshiped like that six months ago. I'm going to dare to say you wouldn't have worshiped like that prior to the awakening. God is doing so many great things. He's bringing people in left and right. I believe this is, Pastor, the beginning, the middle, I don't know, but I believe this is part of the great end time harvest. God is bringing, God is calling, God is drawing people. He's doing so many great things in so many lives. God has his hand on your life. You are no longer the man or the woman or the young person that you used to be. And I thank God for that. But I'm here to tell you that the power of Pharaoh has been broken in your life. No matter what you're hearing whispered in your ear. No matter that you wake up every day and you're reminded of who you used to be. No matter that you wake up every day and you see the scars that sin has left in your life. No matter that you wake up every day and you have a hard time seeing yourself as God sees you. No matter what it is, I do want to tell you that God has broken the power of Pharaoh in your life. Because Pharaoh has no control over you. He has no control over what you do any longer. He has no control of where you go or what you become for God. Because he has no power over your life because it has been broken. But you still have to understand. You still have to remember. And you have to make up in your mind that no, even though he no longer has power over me, no longer he ha- does he have a hold on me, but i got to remind myself that I too have to let him go. I gotta, I gotta understand. You gotta understand that there's some things that even though we are a new creature, we're walking in newness of life. 
There's still some things. It's our human nature. Understand me. And I'm not getting on anybody, but there are some things that we still try to hang on to that is a reminder of who we used to be because that is so long was so comfortable to us. And we find ourselves trying to hang on just for some semblance of normalcy, for just some, some reminder of what I used to be. But today, we've got to let those things go. He's not holding us. Rather, we're holding him. It's not enough to no longer be chained by Pharaoh as long as I'm still chained to Pharaoh. But I'm going to make up in my mind on this Sunday morning that there are some things on the inside of me that are working to draw me back and to keep me from being what God has called me to be on this Sunday morning. I'm finally going to get the courage to let those things go. I'm finally going to get the courage to say, no, 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 no. I'm not holding on to that any longer. I'm not that man. I'm not that woman. I, I, that, that power's been broken over me, but I've been holding on to it. But today, I'm letting it go. I'm going to get the courage to lay some things down and to walk away from them once and for all. I'm to get the courage to take off every layer, to take off every mask and everything from my yesterday. I might have needed it where I used to be, but there is no place for it where God is trying to take me. There are some things from my yesterday that don't belong where God wants to take me. Today I feel a stirring in the spirit. I feel that God is calling people to purpose. Not just to come to church. Not just to be faithful and consistent to the house of God. Yes, those, are, those things are important, but that's not what God is calling us to today. When God began the deliverance process in your life, He had an expected end in mind. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the thoughts I have for you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end and when God begun this work there was a destination in mind and the enemy would like nothing more than to keep you in the wilderness wandering around where you are no longer where you used to be but you haven't completely gone into what God has called you to be. The enemy will tell you it's because of your mistakes and your failures. He'll tell you it's because of your faults. You might be good enough to come to church, but you'll never be good enough to make a real difference. And I want to tell you that is a lie from the pit of hell because God sent me here to tell somebody that God is calling you now to walk, to walk all the way into your deliverance. He is calling you to walk all the way into your purpose. He is telling you, I have broke, broken the stronghold of Pharaoh in your life, but now you have to make up your mind. I'm going to let him go completely. Anything drawing me back, anything that is trying to take me back, I'm going to let it go. Anything that's keeping me down, I'm going to lay it on the altar, and I am going to walk away from it once and for all. 
I'm going to make an appeal in just a moment. I'm going to open these altars, and I think that all of we should flood this altar because I believe I, I could come and touch some of you on the shoulder this morning who I'm preaching to, but I believe that there are many more in this building that God has spoken to, and I'm going to make an appeal, and when I do, I think we ought to flood this altar, and I think we ought to let go of some things finally that we have been carrying around for years, but you and I are here today, and you're, and, and, and you're here today, and maybe you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, and maybe you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence and speaking in other tongues. But hear me when I tell you, that is where it all begins. You can come to this altar this morning and you can repent of your sins. You can tell God your story and tell God that I'm going to walk away from that and you can be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning. There is water in this baptismal tank and we have clothes for you to change it. And if you haven't been baptized for the remission of your sins, to have your sins washed away, you can be baptized this morning and forever your sins will be washed away. And when you come out of that water, the stronghold of Pharaoh will be broken once and for all in your life. Then you can say, now I'm going to let him go. I am no longer chained to Pharaoh or by Pharaoh. You can make up in your mind this morning that when I leave this place, I'm going to walk in newness of life. If I preach to you this morning, if God has spoken to you this morning, I want you to come to this altar. And if you want the Holy Ghost, I want you to come to this altar and I want you to raise your hands high and I want you to begin to repent of your sins. There are altar workers that can help you this morning. If you want to be baptized, see one of our altar workers and we can baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. But somebody needs to make up in your mind this morning that I am not going to go back. I am not going to be chained to Pharaoh any longer, but I'm going to let him go today. Some of you just need to let it go. I see it all over you. Come on, you're tired. You're 
tired of what you used to be. You're tired of where you used to be. You're tired of what you used to struggle with. But God is asking you, God is calling you to lay those things aside. Only you can do it. I can't do it for you, but only you can break those chains once and for all. Come on, let it go. Let Pharaoh go in your life. desperate about it this morning. I've carried around too long. I've struggled with it way too long. I'm laying it down right now. I'm laying at your feet, God. I'm laying it at your feet, God. I'm no longer going to be bound by it. I'm no longer going to be tempted to go back to it. The enemy will no longer use it as a hook to draw me back, but I'm removing myself from it right now. I'm removing Pharaoh from my life today. I'm making up my mind and I'm making a declaration that he has no 